uh, yeah, um, big fucking, big episode today, people, a lot of heavy <laughs> shit, I think, we're Maybe you should into. claim that ten well, seconds in. I don't in. know, I'm just, I mean, <laughs> alright, start over, for Christ's <laughs> sake. No, I, uh, um, I mean, I, I think that this, uh, subject that we're, the reason why we started recording even tonight is just because we were starting to talk about something that uh, is in the news now that is kind of... What, blue, black, gold, white dress? Uh, yes, that thing. <laughs> the thing that you... <laughs> Big news! <laughs> of, course, of course we saw the opposite things. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's just like... What... <laughs> Sorry to derail you, but yes, it was a white and gold dress. Yeah, what it was... Uh... It was blue. It was blue. It was blue. Wait, shut up! It was blue. It was. It was all so... I saw was I saw I saw uh, a, like a periwinkle blue and uh, and beige, and you told me that it was white and gold, and I was like, oh yeah, I could see the gold. Like I didn't know why we were looking at it in the first place. Yeah, like, I didn't I tell really... you about the article or anything. No, I just saw white and gold right away, and so I showed you the dress, thinking that you would see white and gold, and you're like periwinkle, and I'm like, what? Like it blew my fucking mind because yeah. I would have thought everybody else online was crazy if yeah. you would have seen the same thing as me. But the fact that That's you unusual, saw something actually. different, it's, it's usually the inverse. <laughs> you know, I, like usually, like usually. Everybody else online has to convince you that I'm not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, okay. So that's not actually not what we're talking about. But mm. yes, shocking that we saw different things. That we have different opinions. Shocking, shocking. Yeah, that was all. That was the heavy subject I was, I was talking about. <laughs> Which, are you comfortable there? With the, I mean, no. There's a the, puggle, the puggle behind me. There, I mean, we could remove him nah, if you want. Uh, I would I rather mean, him be pregnant, comfortable. You know, I I just don't want to. Uh, we're okay. I, I really would like for you to be comfortable in these at this time. You We're know, fine. Scobie can move. He, he'll He's do fine. it. Can you? Do you want to recline? No, I'm okay. I promise. Right, I, I know right. I look like I'm bent in half, but we're I, okay. well, you do. I mean, you really do look uh, not comfortable. I just I worry <laughs> I look like a Tetris shape. about. Yeah, I mean, just uh, how. Uh, all right, so will you scoot your over so health and so your dad's everything. comfortable that we're comfortable? Yeah, yeah. We'll just—he's fine. Carry on with I, the, carry on with your actual story. I, I just don't 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 don't. I see, see what I did? Yeah, it was a seamless edit right there where we paused it and then we fixed your. You couldn't handle. I couldn't. I, first of all, I don't want you to be uncomfortable, and I, you know, I can't. I can't blather on and on the way I do with my uh, with my audience uncomfortable. You know, <laughs> I mean, because you're still the audience, and I feel like if you're just your audience at clubs don't have a puggle behind their back. No, no, but if they did, it'd be like I, it'd be you, awesome. You, you guys want to go, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Scobie was not about to get up. He was uh-uh. just playing dead. <laughs> yeah, it took us a while too to get this fucking sack of puggle <laughs> off the fucking chair. Jesus. Um, so, uh, we've, we've been talking the past couple of days about, uh, the whole, uh, Monique situation, um, with, um, do you want to introduce the story? I, actually, I was just going to ask, have you ever met her? No, no, I don't know her personally. I've okay. never met her. Um, I, you introduced the story to me. Is this a recent thing? Mm. I know. All yeah, I saw, the only, week. okay, yeah. the only thing that I've seen, outside of you bringing it up is Lonnie Love 
tweeted a link to, I guess, a radio show or podcast or something that she has. And it was like a nine-minute clip talking about this. Mm -hmm. But other than her tweet and you bringing it up, I haven't seen it anywhere else. Oh, really? Well, yeah, it was, uh, what was it? It was like a, there was a CNN interview. I believe it was like back-to-back nights. Like, uh, whatever the guy, like, I think he's, he's got maybe a 9 p.m. show time slot or whatever, but he interviewed, what, uh, Lee Daniels one night and then Monique the next. I think that's how it went. And, yeah, actually, I know it is because I saw her, re- re- like, retorting to his interview. Cause, like, to what Lee Daniels said. Yeah, Lee Daniels is basically on this guy's show on CNN and... Somehow the, the 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 it got brought up about os- the Oscars, okay, and this being the whitest Oscars since 1998, I guess, and that you know they they said that they brought up the idea of Monique, you know, did why haven't we heard more from her since she got you know uh, the best supporting actress for Precious. Right. Who Lee Daniels? Lee Daniels was the director of Precious, so right. that's their connection. Okay. Right. Right. And what? Yes, he he directed Precious and and produced and directed some other you know really good movies like over the past decade and you know had a career before that, but you know his biggest stuff has been the past decade. Um, but he said that uh, it just sounded like it was just really. It was just really out of place and kind of uh, out of line for him to throw Monique, who he says is his friend, under the bus in the media to, like, say that she's been blackballed by Hollywood because, um, you know, because she's difficult. Okay, so if this is on a show and they have the guests set up back to back two days in a row, they didn't. I don't think they had it set up that way. Oh, okay. I, don't I was know. thinking this was this might have been staged. Then if they no, or they already knew about this. Shit. No. Okay. No, but I I think what it was was just he said that she you know well you know I told her you know even though she's my friend and I love her. I'm about to fucking throw her under the bus in front of millions of people. And he's, like, saying that she had all these unreasonable demands when they were on the promotional campaign for Precious. And, you know, saying, you know, and the whole story was that uh, basically she had, you know, she, she had, like, a, she had a TV show on BET. Right. She was touring as a comic, and when they wanted her to fly to France to promote the movie in Canada, or Canada, at the Cannes Film Festival in (laughs) France, they wanted her to fly to France to promote the film in Canada. Um, (laughs) I'm kind of an idiot, people, but um, they wanted her to fly to France, and she didn't want to go, and... They asked, and then they re-asked, and then they asked again. I mean, I guess her husband's her manager, and apparently when they're like, they finally got to the point where they realized, wow, she's really not going to fly to France, they're like, okay, what will it take to get her to come to France? And her husband apparently, which this is where I think they made a mistake, is, you know, he started talking like, 
money, which is it just it's it's a bad idea because it just it obviously it gets around like it has. Um, yeah, but Un- apparently she asked for what a hundred thousand is what I heard. Yeah, and I, they asked for a hundred thousand dollars for her to fly to the film festival, and they're like, "Well, we don't we don't pay anybody to you know promote films. Nobody has ever gotten pr- paid to promote films." And that's ridiculous that she would ask for that. And he and he's and apparently he said, "Okay, that's fine." I just you, I didn't know what you were saying when you said, "What will it take?" It's like what the blood of a young boy. Like <laughs> what? What exactly? What What did you mean when he yeah. said, "What will it take?" I mean, they I, were wanting to add on a continental breakfast or yeah, something. They, well, they said they upgraded her hotel room and stuff like that. They just kept trying to like bait her into it, and you know, she had kids, everything. Like I, I, I mean. I just so she I, probably was gonna lose money because if she's a touring comedian, she probably has a schedule already done. She's gonna yeah. lose money from that. She's gonna lose money from shooting her show or whatever. Have to at least reschedule it. Sure. So yeah, it wasn't. I mean, it might have been a money thing. I, where I think that it's it's like you're just. I mean, and that's it hit home for me in a in a subject that we'll get to here shortly. Um, being the the Wild West tour movie that I was. And, uh, I, um, you know, the, the fact that I, I'm just putting myself in her shoes because I'm also a comedian. Um, I, you know, I I don't like when people assume what everybody, like everybody else's motivation is the same as theirs and everybody else does, you know, things the way they would and everything. But she, she just said that, you know, she, you know, she was a touring comic. She didn't, she did she just wanted to spend time with her family, you know, and that's why she didn't want to go to Cannes. And I could understand that because it's like, dude, she, she travels all the time right. as a comic. You get so worn out from it. So anytime that you have that you can relax, because the thing is, is people have to understand I we don't get into the show business because we like to work. I mean, <laughs> I, I just the idea of being nonstop seven days a week on and you know on planes and fucking radio promotions and fucking you know just going all over the globe constantly. That sounds like a job, and it sounds like it's a it's a pain in the ass, and it's like well. Why would I get into show business, which seems so fun and cool, and you get paid to fucking basically be a kid? Why, why would you want to make it a, a, I mean, a seven days a week job? It's like I might as well do that in private, you know, so that at least nobody watches me fucking melt down. <laughs> and uh, I mean, so I, I just. I, I just didn't get the whole like everything like that they were saying about. Uh, like every, like every, I couldn't listen to the thing you were listening today with the, you know, every Hollywood inside reporter, entertainment reporter that was saying, you know, like, uh, you know, you got to go along to get along. And, yeah. and <laughs> they're saying like Hollywood's a big fraternity. So right. Once, once right. you get into the fraternity, then you're golden. And then, yeah, they'll never, they'll never turn their backs on you because, Hey, if anybody's known for being loyal, it's Hollywood. <laughs> Boy, 
They are always, once they're your friend, they are always your friend. Bullshit. These are a bunch of fucking scumbags that they, I mean, they'll, I mean, they'll throw you under the bus and they'll fuck you over at the drop of a dime, especially if that means that they're not going to make money off you anymore. And the fact is they're dealing with, every time some story like this comes out, it's like, you're dealing with artists. You're dealing with people who, I mean, really aren't stable mentally. You know, I mean, they can be relatively, like, I'm relatively, you know, down to earth and normal, but I'm nuts. Okay, I mean, I'm out of my fucking mind. And I got this, I mean, you know, I'm funny because of most of that. And that's why you would want to hire me to do whatever or be in a movie or do a fucking part in something or a voiceover or whatever, you know. But it's like you you, you gotta, you can't take, you can't just ask somebody to just, you know, leave all that behind now. Like, oh, now suddenly I'm not crazy because you want me to act right. And it's like, that's, that's fucking... That's, it's just really, uh, it's tunnel vision. It's just really, uh, it's not fair. And it's not fair to publicly shame somebody you say is your friend or whatever, you know, for, you know, an issue that could have been resolved privately anyway. It's like, why, why are we bringing this to the media? I mean, I get all the questions about, you know, since there weren't any, I guess, what, uh, there weren't a lot of black people winning awards, this Oscar, I didn't even see the Oscars on Sunday, I even forgot it was on. <laughs> and, I watched uh, a little bit. I mean, but it just, it's like, I can see why the questions are maybe being asked, but it's like, you know, uh, you know, it's like, you know, well, why didn't Monique suddenly start working, like, in a whole bunch of movies, and it's like, well, I mean, she got Best Supporting Actress, I mean, that's a pretty decent trophy, Yeah. why, why can't she just have that trophy and you leave the fuck alone, I mean. <laughs> One part of what I listened to that pissed me off, they're like, why is she asking now if she's blackballed or not, like, why is she bringing up the question, like, she's been sitting, they said, she's been sitting at home for five years going, why am I not working? Bullshit. She's a traveling comedian. And this, I think I brought up this point before where people don't consider just being a stand-up comic as like a career. It's like, no, you Mm -hmm. have to be in movies. You have to be in TV shows. You have to do all these other things where she's not sitting at home for the last five years. Yeah. And and that's just it. Yeah. Well, I mean, or before Precious. I mean, the thing is, is you have to understand is I don't know Monique personally, but I do, you know, I do know that, you know, she was a really, really big act I mean like I, I mean she was probably doing probably doing theaters and so forth before Precious ever even came along and the thing is is when they were to, when they were asking her to go do the promotion at Cannes she was she hadn't been nominated for any Oscar at that point at that point she said she made 50 grand for her you know her participation in that film I heard which, 25 Oh, really? Yeah, yeah I mean, so who knows? And the thing is, is, I mean, uh, I, even if it was 50, I guarantee that's a, that's a, that's way less than she would have made per week at that time doing stand-up. Oh, even a I, weekend I mean, or a I, show. I, <laughs> like, exactly. And, one I hour. Mean, plus, she had her own, I mean, I mean, I think she had her own show before that, I don't, whatever, but 
the fact is, is doing stand-up alone, I mean, that is what people, I guess, fail to really recognize is, like, stand-up comics have a means of feeding themselves, you know, and keeping themselves in the public eye and relevant and so forth by doing what they do on stage. So they don't need to sit around waiting for the phone to ring for a fucking movie part or a, a guest spot on a terrible sitcom. <laughs> it's like, I, I, we, we make our own, you know, we can make our own way. And when we, you know, hear something that sounds interesting that is aside from that, hey, great, yeah, we'll go do it. But it's like, when you're in a position like she was to say, you know, I'm not interested, you know, I'm, I'm good over here, I'm still good being a millionaire stand-up comedian, because that, I guarantee you, that's what she was before Precious, so, I mean, I, I just think the, uh, it's just really, it's just really shitty the way everybody sort of, you know, doesn't, doesn't see it from her angle i mean what am i what am i forgetting here uh the uh go ahead uh i was just gonna well my my angle of it is that her husband is her manager mm -hmm. and so what i was listening to was saying that why does why is her husband her manager he's never managed anyone else in hollywood like what gives him the right to do this where and I, mm -hmm. I feel that I understand that because you know for a moment after we fired your dumbass manager, I was managing you, <laughs> and um, you know in the future I might again once I get some more years under my sure. belt of understanding. A lot of people have that. A lot of people yeah. have a spouse or a relative or a friend manage them because Someone managing is a managing is a very personal role versus being an agent. That's the difference between the two. Is I mean agents are sort of just they're just there to they service both uh, you know they have they have acts that work for them comedians clients but they also service the you know venues as well at the same time so it's like you expect them to not be necessarily your buddy whereas your, your manager's, manager's like your personal assistant on steroids right it really is and your managers so uh, that's why a lot of times managers are, end up being you know husbands wives and so forth, um, because they're the, the one person that you feel like, well, it, that person definitely has my best interests at heart. Yeah. And I know that they're not hanging up the phone with me and going, you know, and, and servicing somebody else's, uh, you know, agenda on the other end. Um, but it but, scared me when they're like, he's ruining her career because he's making these decisions where just yesterday, you know, you got a script in to be a season regular on a show. I read through it and I said, nope, like I passed without even really talking to you about it or even sending it over to, to you. I don't want to. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I know that that script wasn't for you and that you don't want to do it, but you get just from listening to that point of view, it's like, yeah, you do when you are a spouse and especially in the role of managing, like you do have so much control over that artist's career. And mm -hmm. then it's just scary to hear other people saying that they're ruining it. Cause that's, that, I literally think that's my greatest fear in life is that I would do something detrimental to your career. And, and I, I don't, I mean, the thing is, is it's easier for, if you were, I mean, if you were bringing the whole thing down, I mean, it's a lot easier to, for me to, for me to know that or for us to, you know, because you're here. 
I mean, I live now at my, uh, you know, my manager's office, essentially, because you're the one who's taken a lot of these calls all the time, even from the people who are managing me. Right. Like, you're, you, you, you handle it from here, and it's like, then I hear it from, from you, because I feel like you're well-equipped to speak for me in the business world, because I, you know, as artists, we don't want to deal with this shit. I mean, it's like when when you have somebody negotiate, uh, you know your your like your price and your airfare and all this stuff that you do, you know, before you go into a city to do a venue, like you want to be disconnected from that whole process because I don't want because I I have to get there and I have to meet these people and I have to work with them and I don't want to be the guy that they're like oh. You're the pain in the ass that, you know, <laughs> that soaked another few grand out of us or whatever. Like, I I, I just want to be, hey, I'm just the artist, man. That's, you know, that's my managers. They're the ones asking for the price. Hey, I'd do it for free, you know, <laughs> if, if I could. And the thing is, is like, I, I mean, that's, that's where, it, like, it hits home for me because it's like they, there's this sort of... Uh, attitude especially when it comes to the movie industry and hollywood and you know or the tv industry like that that they're holding this the keys to this fucking golden palace and oh you know you want there of course you want to you want to get in you have to want to get in you want to join the hollywood fraternity and any way and any way that will let you in no matter what what door it is and no matter what you know even if we gotta even if you gotta wear a dress you know like <laughs> dave chappelle said it's like oh i, I thought I, you were bringing up work it <laughs> but, well there you go yeah i mean that's it's very yeah exactly it's very poignant there is like yeah even if you want to do some shitty show like work it you, you want to be on tv right you got, of course you want to be you want to be on tv it doesn't matter if you're doing something that's that's terrible that that you don't that doesn't fall in line with who you are or or, or what you want to project about yourself to 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 the to the public or to you know to fans or whoever like and it's like there are people who are like that who don't who don't care who just want to be you a know, lot of people are like that but not the great ones that's I don't think so either and that's where it's just like I I just I hate the idea that it's like, you know, oh, what's, what's she doing? What, why, why does she have a spine? That's ridiculous. You know, <laughs> why would she, why would she have, you know, a, a, a set of principles or, you know, value herself? Cause that's what the, the comedy world, especially it will breed a lot of spinelessness because you're, you start off in this business with nothing. And a lot of times, you know, you, you basically, you suck, you know, at what you want to do, but you want people to give you the opportunity to do it. And the only way you're going to get better at it is by them giving you that opportunity to get on stage for three minutes or MC a show on Friday or, you know, because you need stage time to get better and to get it, all this shit. And it's like, so you start off as a beggar. And you're begging everybody to let you in, you know, somehow. And 
even once people get to the point where they 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 are good and there's some value to what they they do they've been so conditioned to be fucking spineless that they they still don't value themselves at all and they still take the attitude that like oh god yeah you know please gatekeeper you know please just let me in oh god i just i just want to be part of your big dance and <laughs> it's well that's what i kept saying with this i was like i'll pay me i'll go i'll go over to exactly do i think a lot of promotions i'll do i'll get paid twenty five thousand dollars to do a movie of course i will then what award like it sounds glamorous from me who has zero credentials and no one's hiring me to do shit i would love to go you know on a tour with vince vaughn and travel around and and (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah they well see that was I mean, that was the attitude that uh, that uh, Vince and his sister and the people who who produced that fucking turd uh, <laughs> they they took. I mean, I I get really like you know, I like when people bring that DVD or something like to a to a comedy club and asked me to sign it. I always do and stuff. I try to sign right over Vince's face. Um, <laughs> well, even in our game room, we have the the movie poster, the Wild yeah. West movie tour poster up because yeah. I am proud of it. It's something sure. that like I can sit back going, my husband was in a movie that was in I, theaters with yeah. Vince Vaughn. Oh, yeah. That's pretty dope to say. Mm-hmm. But I know from your side that it was just a hell it's of a, a sore spot. Yeah. It and, and the thing is, is I'm proud too. I'm proud of what we did proud of what I did. I'm proud of being a part of it. It was, you know, it was, it's a, it was a cool thing, especially at the time it was 2005 when we, when we recorded it. And, uh, you know, uh, there were just a lot of elements there. There was like, you know, I, I was at a point in 2005 where I did value myself. I didn't think that, you know, I just have always been a guy who's like, I I just don't, I don't take whatever you'll throw at me because I, I you know, just because I want to, you know, oh, please, let me, you know, I just want to meet chicks or something. <laughs> fuck that. I want to meet them. I mean, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. I, I just. You I, signed a tit in the movie. But I, I did. I did. And it was a, a big old a, sloppy a, yes, baloney yeah, tit. A baloney tit. Yes, you were. <laughs> You still give me hell about that. Just, I mean, just because I, I signed it. You you were in fucking what? High school? I, yeah, I think early college would have oh, been. Yeah. 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 Would it, it, who knows what the fuck you were doing with your tits at the time. And, they didn't uh, exist at the time. Yeah, but I still, I mean, I still catch hell. But I, it's, you know, that whole thing is, you know, it's a long story. I always say that it's going to make, you know. A part of your book book or something <laughs> one day but i, I mean you know did i remember they got me they got me to talk about it once i think it was in austin or something on the radio and it's just too easy to get me to tell the truth about everything right because you just you just ask a few questions and you just p- push a few buttons and so did you like her tits here drawn? i go oh god i at the time Maybe a little, um, but uh, I didn't see them after I signed them. I, uh, I, yeah, it was it was probably that's the thing. I I think I saw 
a boob that had been signed the day after it had been signed once. And it was all brown and just <laughs> awful. And it's like, oh, God, that signature just turns, just, it looks like a fucking, it looks Dirty like Sanchez. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it looks terrible. Yeah, it looks like you had a shit stain on your tit. And uh, I, I just, yeah, so I've adopted a no body parts policy since then. But, uh, um, I mean, except dudes, of course, <laughs> I'll sign your dick. But... <laughs> Seriously, I was like, no, I, um, but no, I, I, that whole thing with the Wild West tour, I was, it was 2005, I was on, I remember I had, I had had two straight, what's called development deals, um, in 2003 and four, after, you know, I did the festival, and the I, Montreal um, Just for Last Festival, yeah, and I get, they were with Fox, and they were to develop my own sitcom. And and you basically got a six-figure check gave, to just be like, hey, make yeah, a show. I And the most I'd made before that was I'd made $11,000 in a year. <laughs> and they gave yeah, they gave me a six-figure check. I mean, all, all together, it was, yeah, it was six figures to just basically go meet with writers and, you know, I, I mean, just develop a pitch for a sitcom, you know, and none of them, they just never got even shot. We never even went to, like, table read with them. It's so um, crazy how much money goes into shows that you oh, never yeah. see. They just throw money. I mean, and it's, the thing is, is the amount of money that I did make in 2003 and four, they were starting to get a lot chintzier with it because they used to just, I mean, flood people. I'd be, I'd have been a millionaire if it had been even five years before when I got the deals that I got, but I, I, you know, obviously I was living the dream at that point. I mean, it was four years after I'd moved to LA, I started getting development deals. I was basically sponsored to go to the comedy store every night and get better at standup, which was awesome for me. And, uh, you know, I mean, I still ruined it and complained the whole time and fucking <laughs> hated life. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, I, it, you know, we we developed two with Fox, and then I got to my third. It, it was like after the the second one with Fox expired, I started developing a another script with a, a friend of mine, uh, Brian Scully, and uh, we we ended up. You know, we were just in the process of selling it to uh, eventually NBC. Um, for the same money that I got paid by Fox. To, Brian uh, Scully has written for Simpsons and Family, Family Guy. Guy. Yeah, yeah, he's a uh, um, awesome yeah, writer, just, cool guy. Yeah, really great friend of mine. He lives in talking, I think, New England now, Connecticut, just kicking back with his I daughter think. and his wife. Um, hi, Brian. But <laughs> uh, he wrote "I Dream of Jesus" for any of you Family Guy fans. Uh, so he he and I developed a a script, and you know. It was, it, we were just in the process of like, of selling that when I started getting approached by one of the other guys who was on tour, who Ahmed, uh, about, you know, possibly doing a, you know, he was just like, oh, you know, hey, bro, he talks real. He's like the coolest guy. In the world. <laughs> like, he's such a smooth talker. He's just, you know, hey, Cap, so, uh, 
Yeah, he's like Vince is getting. Is he like serenading you with like he, he, the whole? World he's undressing was, you the with whole his world voice. Is a chick to this dude? Like he really <laughs> is. Like I, 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 I just I didn't realize till later. It's like you just. I'm just always like this is always some sort of angle that people have, and especially like that where it's just like they just always want to get you to where they want to get you to. You know, like when he talks to chicks, he wants to get him into bed. And it's like he talks to Cap, and he wants to get Cap on a bus with Vince Vaughn, you know, and that's just, and, and even though Cap doesn't really want to go, because that was the thing, it was like, I From got From day asked, one, you didn't want to go. I got asked about it, and I had reservations, I kind of went, well, I'm kind of in the process of developing this script with my friend, and I really would... You know, I just, I, I, I like to do one thing at a time. I don't like to, yeah. you know, you know how I am. And I don't, I didn't, I didn't want to deviate my, my focus or my attention from it. So I was kind of like, ah, well, I don't know. And he was like, we're going to do, it's going to be 30 days, 30 nights. We're going to do 30 cities. He's like, we're going to, um, we're, you know, we're going to fucking blow it up. We're going to go out there. We're going to tear Vince, lo- you know, constantly with was he Vince like loves you. and brushing you know. a wisp of your hair out of oh, your face yeah. when he said he this? Oh, yeah, he was caressing my cheek and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, no, but he, he's like, uh, you know, he's, he's like, it's like it's going to be 30, 30 days, 30 nights, 30 cities. We're going to get paid $1,000 a show. So it's going to be 30 grand. And at the time, I was like, Thirty grand, it's not bad for a month, you know. It, it's I what was I used like, to make in a year. Yeah, I was like, at, at the time, I was like, well, okay, maybe I, I won't turn my back on that. But you know, m- mind you, I had, you know, I had a decent, I had enough for me to live on, certainly in the bank be, through the development deals and so forth. I mean, yeah. I had, I had a you know solid foundation financially, so it wasn't like I was. You know, I wasn't begging anybody, and I had just I, I had just done my first Tonight Show spot. I was gearing up to do a half hour on Comedy Central that year, so it was like I had I had other things going. It's and it's like I can like I said I can relate with Monique, where it's like you feel like as a comic, it's like nobody's giving you anything. Like I'm not whether it's you decide to put me in this or you decide to use me for this or whatever, I'm going to get to where I'm going to get based on what I do because I know I'm, you know, I'm talented, I'm good, and I and I work hard at what I do. So it's like I don't, you know, I don't need any handouts and I don't need any favors. I don't need any fucking friends, really. I mean, it's like I didn't come to, I didn't leave all my friends and family back in Ohio just so I could come out and be buddies with everybody out here. It's just like, it's not how it, you know, it's not, it's not what I need and it's not what I want to do. And I, and I never want to make a career based on, you know, oh, he's so-and-so's buddy, you know. We know I, a lot of people who like to piggyback off of their friends. Oh, yeah. A lot of people love to be, you know, the man next to the man. And I don't, I don't want to be. I, I just have never been comfortable as, you know, the pips. Or whatever. It's a Gladys Knight reference. You wouldn't get it. But, I don't um, know who Gladys Knight is. Anyway, say something while I drink. Uh, Something. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Good <laughs> Nailed job. it. So, anyway, got some tea. <laughs> um, But I... Anyway, I, I, he asked me to do it for the 30 grand. And I'm like, well, what is this going to be? And he's like, he's like, oh, we're going to... Uh, we're not really sure. It might be a movie 
might be a series, might sell it to, you know, HBO or something like that. At the time, I knew nothing about Torgasm, you know, which I found out later. With Dane oh, Cook, yeah. which was actually my first stand-up show that I ever went to. Right, which I think was, I think personally was, was in some way tied. I think our tour was in some ways a reactionary move to uh, uh, on behalf of Vince and Ahmed because of Torgasm because I I just it just seemed like that probably fit because it was so haphazardly put together because I mean this was late July I was getting asked to do this at first and we left on September 12th I mean that was our first show of the 30 and so it was like down to the wire it was like when he first asked me it's like it's like, will you do it for the 30 grand? And I'm like, ah, maybe, I don't know. And, I, you know, then I was kind of coming around on it. I was like, okay, yeah, it, it sounds, I mean, I, I just kind of need to know what we're doing exactly because I don't want it to also um, restrict me from, you know, the thing I'm doing with Brian because, you know, he was also at the time telling me to drop everything that I was doing at that point because, you know, this is the wedding crashers summer for uh, Vince. So Vince was a, he had become a huge, huge star that summer. He was dating Jennifer Aniston. He was just, he was in tabloids and shit. And so it was like their, their, their idea was that, you know, Vince can, can get everything done in Hollywood now because he's the man. And so they're telling me to basically drop Brian, who I'd been working with for a few months on a project, and it was my project versus anybody else's or anything like that. And, you know, he's my friend, and I didn't want to fuck him over. And they're just basically like, oh, just, just, you got to drop everything. Just drop everything you're, you're doing right now. Don't be tied to anything, because once we do this tour, Vince is going to get us all our own TV shows under his production company. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Well, why don't I just trust what you say, Ahmed? Thank you. So, I mean, <laughs> I'm a complete moron, so why don't I do that? And I, I just, I was still wavering. And so I remember it was like around August 20th, we did a show in Chicago, which was uh, basically a precursor to our tour which was, it was the same lineup of comics with Vince. We did a theater in Chicago, um, which is you uh, like one of Vince's hometowns. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he claims to have lineage in pretty much like six or seven different cities, in, including Canada too. Like, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's got some tie to Canada, he already says, if it's convenient. But I, uh, <laughs> we we did the show um, in Chicago and I get there and I remember them just coming out. They're like, guys, look, you know, look, we got these t-shirts already printed it up. And I look at them there, these t-shirts that say Vince Vaughn's Wild West Comedy Show on the front. And then on the back, it has all of our names, but all of our names with a nickname in between. So it was like a med the Egyptian Ahmed, I don't know what his nickname was, it was like Sebastian something, Maniscalco, I just remember mine was the Ohio player, 
<laughs> which I was like, ugh, who calls me the Ohio player? I actually you have know, a picture buddy? of this t-shirt. I'll, if, I'll try to find it while you're talking. Right. So I, you know, and the thing is, is his sister owned a fucking shirt and jean company that like printed them all up. So she was, you know, interested in already cashing in on this thing that I hadn't really agreed to do yet. And so we... <laughs> I was still, you know, like, I don't know about this, but we get into this green room, Jason Patrick comes in, like some, you know, famous people came to the show, and Jennifer Aniston came in, like, we were, you know, we were were just, it was, it was kind of like the first time I was like, wow, I'm kind of, you know, I'm kind of in it here, like, there's, there's actual, like, big time people coming to see my shows, and, I mean, Vince Vaughn's a big star, and he's asking me to go on tour with him, and wow, this is cool, and, and I just remember, like, Vince, or, like, this was around the time that, like, you know, Ahmed had called me again about doing the tour, and he's like, uh, he's like, so, they didn't really do the math, you know, when they talked about this originally, so. So, were there there no representation, there's no agents or managers involved in the mm, money deal? They were involved later, which I'll get to, which they were strategically involved later. It was like. I feel like it's a big Vince Vaughn project. Yeah, it was And they'll just be like, here's a check. See, Vince was away, he was, uh, at the time they were saying he was overseas, like, doing, like, some, like, uh, um, what is it, uh, um. Why can't I think of it? It the the military um uh Bob Hope thing, um, uh, like for the troops? Yeah, yeah, for the troops, entertaining the troops, sort of thing, meeting guys and riding helicopters and shit like that for morale. Um, USO, USO stuff. So, I, I Med's like, so they didn't really think of the math. They just kind of threw a number out there originally, but then when they crunched the numbers a little bit more, they realized. That they can't really afford to pay us, you know, a thousand dollars per show. It's it's gonna. Would you be willing to do it for like half that? And I'm like half that. Wow, that's that's different than before. <laughs> um, well, uh, I don't know. And I remember being in the car when I was talking to him on the phone. I mean, I remember it that vividly. And I'm like, ah, dude, I don't. You know, I just I don't really see me enjoying my time being squashed in a bus with a bunch of dudes (laughs) like I just won't handle that well I mean I get really I get really really angry when I have roommates I can't imagine you sharing a toilet oh dude I just it was awful for me it's like going to camp and I don't want to fucking go to camp it's like you know I I always say it was like a rolling prison and (laughs) it really was and I I just I, when he, I, he said half that, I'm like, I, I just, I don't know about that. That's not really, I, I'm not sure. And he's like, so it's going to be like eight grand. What? I'm like, what? $8,000 put your whole when, life on hold for a month? When did eight become half of 30? Like, that's not, <laughs> that's not, who, who did that math? And I'm like, this is, Me. I, I was starting to like get really aggravated, but now by now it becomes a peer pressure situation because now they they start pressuring me with the t-shirts and you know the celebrities 
and the uh, you know just the, you know and it's like the other guys signed on, uh, you're are, you're going to do it. Yeah, they were all this, eager. You know right? that you know, and, and the thing is, is you know, like Brett and Sebastian, it was like you know they they weren't in the position that I was in. They were really good comics, both of them. I mean, like Sebastian was still waiting tables, I think, up until the time that we left. So it's like, of course he's going to agree, even though he knows that, you know, really at the heart of this is it's kind of, this is bullshit. Um, but, you know, uh, what are you going to do? You know, because they got you by the balls at this point. You already agreed to it. You don't want to, you know, they basically gave us all the impression. It's like, well, you don't want to piss off Vince Vaughn because <laughs> he'll make one call and fucking end your career. And it's like, I, you know... I, I just was, I didn't like it. I didn't like what was going on. And so then we got to four days before we were about to leave. And finally, after, a, you know, a, a, a lot of, you know, harassment from our agents and managers, um, uh, uh, I was, so four days before, this would have been Thursday, and we were leaving Monday. Thursday, Vince's representatives, they issued the copies, or the contracts, for us to sign to all of our representation. Now, being four days before, and this being an extensive, you've seen contracts obviously yeah. there it's it's hard to really go over them in that amount of time you know efficiently and you know thoroughly i'd it rather just, read a bible than a contract it, it was just basically you know you got a bunch of sign here tabs just sign here on all of them and uh, just go because hey it's Vince vaughn he's got the keys to the fucking golden palace and you want in i mean you're going to be screwed without him, right? You have no <laughs> career going without him because you ain't shit. He's the fucking man, so you just go along with whatever he says. And it's like, no. So my managers do read the contract at Brillstein Gray at the time. Uh, and they call but me. But did they like, really? <laughs> they're, they're, like, they're like, you know, I mean, because up until this point, this had just been something that I had set up personally. Yeah. You know, and just told them about. Okay. I was so, just going to ask that if if they had any knowledge of you going at all. Yeah. It's weird how things get set up like that where, you know, like when you have another comic or somebody you know asking you to do something and then it's like, you know, like in Monique's situation where he, she's like, you know, she said that she and Lee Daniels had been friends and she did the movie for 50 grand, you know. It was just something that they worked out his, personally. Because her friend asked her to. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't an official channels thing. So... This is how this was. It was just like we we just as a you know as a bunch of dudes we're gonna just set up this tour and we're gonna go with this movie star and you know this is gonna be this is this is gonna be why wouldn't we do this because you know this is supposed to be great for all of us. So my managers call me that Thursday or Friday and said. You cannot sign this contract. This contract is just, 
it's embarrassing. Do you like, only get sent the worst contracts ever, John? Yeah, I, I really, <laughs> I think everybody does. I think until, until you, you know, actually have somebody on your side who you trust, who can go through all this shit and actually say no for you without being worried that that other per that person is servicing somebody else on the other end when they hang up the phone with you, you're never really sure. And so they told me though, they're like, look, you won't be able to, by the, by the language in this contract, you a won't be able to even to, to continue your, I mean, you just, you sold a show to NBC. You're developing this with Brian that's out because of the language in this contract. They own you for uh, a t television show development. They, you won't be able to do your half hour with Comedy Central, which is in the works. They hadn't gotten that confirmed yet, but it was about to be confirmed within a month or so. And they're like, plus, Wild West Productions, whatever it was, Wild, they will own your material. Wow. For the next three years. Wow. Three years. And they don't know what... The, they still haven't decided if this is going to be a movie, if it's going to be a television series. They don't know... They don't know what it is. They're just going to put cameras on us and shoot us doing stand-up. And they're going to... And at the time... You, you have to realize as a comic, your material and, the, and, the, and, and all the stuff you develop is so fucking I mean it's it's all you got it's 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 just your children you know and it's so important to you so it's like the idea of anybody taking that and taking ownership of it especially for a a, a low sum of money is is just I mean it, it's just such a an awful awful feeling and something that you would never you, you'll just you'll fight tooth and nail you know, to, to have it not happen. So I, you know, they, they told me that like, you know, the, the owning my material was the worst part of it for me. It was just like, I'm doing a, you know, I'm going to do a half hour special and stuff. And I, you know, at the time I was only eight, nine years into doing comedy. I don't, I don't have that much material to just be given everybody, yeah. you know, to own for, for fucking eight grand. I mean, <laughs> for a grand, I, I, I just, so I, it, my, we said, no, we just, we told the man, we, my managers came back and said, look, Cap's not going to be able to go on this tour. It's just not going to work. Sorry. You know, no hard feelings. So I start getting calls from, you know, uh, you know, Vince's sister, who's a, ugh. And, and uh, I get uh, calls from Peter Billingsley, the guy who's in Christmas Story. He was... Uh, Ralphie? Yeah, Ralphie from Christmas Story was actually one of the producers on the movie. Really cool guy. Um, it, it, But he was... For some reason, he's friends with Vince. Um, he uh, Didn't they do like an after-school special? Yeah, they, or something they, they actually... He... The three of them, the uh, Peter, Ahmed, and um, uh, Vince all met... On this after school special, I think it was 89 uh, that they did it, but it was like, it was about steroids. And P 
Peter's character was was doing steroids, even though he had no muscle tone. It was hilarious. <laughs> it's like he he was he was supposed to be addicted to steroids, and and Vince was his good friend trying to talk him out of it. And I think Ahmed was I think Ahmed was just like he was just an extra, but it was like you know because I remember them talking about how you know like like they weren't supposed to be talking to extras, but they you know they made they ended up becoming good friends with Ahmed. So, I, I I just back to the you know, the contract though. It's like I get these people calling me and they're like, "No, Cap, you have to go. This is such a we printed T-shirts. We you printed have T-shirts. To. <laughs> we have printed T-shirts. You're on the you're on the website. You're on the promos for it. you have to go. And it's like, well, dude, you you're you, enslaving me. You could have given this contract to my management a lot sooner, you know, right. so we had a chance to go back and forth with it a little bit. So, you know, but I'm caught in the middle because I don't, you know, like I said, you don't want to do the business part as an artist. I don't want to be the guy who gets on that bus and have everybody look at me like I'm a dick. You know, like, I, I just want to be like, hey, it's just my management. I don't know. I'm just here to do comedy. So, we, <laughs> we I remember I finally get, you know, it was kind of like Tupac talking about poetic justice where it's like, you know. First they sent the producer, then they sent the sent the director, then they sent the black dude. It was like <laughs> finally I get I get the call from Vince himself, who I I don't have a real relationship with at that point. So I just have a movie star calling me, you know, on Saturday afternoon, saying, "Hey, man, I just got back from." You know, the Middle East. Was he like, crab and, cakes and football? That's what uh, Maryland does. Oh, he was... Uh, no. Um, <laughs> uh, was that a line from something? That's a line from Wedding Crashers. Oh, yeah. Something sorry. along those lines. I, yeah. I probably fucked it up. I, I can't. I, it's 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 sad because this whole experience fucked up the movie Swingers for me because I really loved that movie. And uh, it's I can't, I can't look at his face. But um, I, so he calls me and he's like... He's like, Cap, what's going to, what's, what are you, you know, what are you not comfortable with, sweetheart? Basically, <laughs> you know, over the phone, fucking stroking my hair and stuff. And like, I, I'm like, dude, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to upset you. I don't want to make enemies. I, I just, I just, I'm not in a position where I, I want to, I, I can't have you owning my material and, and, and I can't, you know, I just, I don't, I, I just don't think it's a good idea. I don't think it, I'm going to be, I'm not going to get along well on this bus. I don't want to be in that situation anyway. I gave him every reason to not take me on this tour, but he insisted. He was like, what do we got to do? You know? And we I had t-shirts printed. So I, I'm like, uh, on behalf of the fucking t-shirts, it was like, <laughs> okay, we, we, uh, He's like, will you just give me, let's say, 10 minutes of material that that are strictly for this that I can use? And then, you know, and then and then the, you know, the uh, the rest of it's yours. OK, now we just had that as a verbal agreement between between two guys. This wasn't on paper yet. So we all had a basically a handshake agreement to that I would get on the bus and go with them and we didn't have a signed contract yet. So it was like, it was just basically just, you know, in good faith. So that's what we did. And, 
you know, Vince and I, I remember talking about it with him in El Paso once about the material, because we still hadn't signed the contract yet by the time we got to El Paso. And this is over a week into the tour. I, I was like, man, I, I, you know, so about this 10 minutes thing, I'm trying to figure out when exactly do I do that 10 minutes. And and he's like, you know, Cap, I'm not really, it, it, it doesn't really matter. You know, this, this thing that we're doing is unique unto itself. So I don't think that it's going to matter whether you do, you know, whatever material on this on anything else i'm like oh that's cool that's a big load off my shoulders great right. vince so you could do the so, same material that you're doing on the wild west tour on, on comedy, like half on hour comedy or Central. Yeah, whatever yeah it's like it's still mine basically okay. he just didn't he was like it, it's not a big deal i don't the, the language doesn't even need to be in there because he's basically playing the artist buddy role where it's like oh it's just the lawyers and whoever that are putting right. his language in a contract but it, it ain't me but I was too stupid to to realize that you know our gentleman's agreement doesn't isn't necessarily what's you know going to be on paper. Anyway, we finally get to a point where like yeah, I ended up having a contract to sign that they faxed me or something when we were you know at whatever hotel because I mean not only were we stuck on this bus like we were on a submarine. <laughs> for I mean, night after night, like I mean, I was under a I was in a bunk bed underneath Brett and <laughs> and Ahmed and and Sebastian were were up in the front on these futon couches. It was like I mean, because they got so excited. Vince spent a million dollars on this bus, but it was a bus. I mean, like like Brett and Ahmed got on it like it was the first episode of Different Strokes, like where they're like, "Oh my god, look, we got a sink." And I'm like, "Wait, so does my apartment." Who cares? It's a sink. It's a fucking sink, dude. Why are you that excited about a fucking sink? But I I just, they were, you know, look, there's a table we can play cards. And I, I, all of these things, they're just like, if this was an apartment, you'd be mad. And uh, so, I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm going through that night after night. We're, we're, I remember we did the first show in Hollywood and... I, you know, I had a really, really good set in the first show. I think I, I went, the sweet spots were going second or third in that show. Because it was, the first opening spot was like, you felt like this panic come over the crowd. Like, oh my God, is Vince not going to come back? <laughs> like, because he comes out and introduces the show. And that's why I had that whole moment it, with the guy in the back in Orange County going, fuck yeah. And I thought he said, <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. Because I felt so hated in that moment that, yeah, I thought he said, fuck you, because I just felt like the whole crowd didn't want to see me at that point. So, you know, but then once it was like, you do the first comic, then Peter and Ahmed did a sketch and the crowd, you know, realized that they got to see Vince Vaughn and... Then the next two comics come up and they have killer spots. And then Vince does another sketch with whether it's John Favreau or the kid from Wedding Crashers or whatever. Then it's like the show goes so long that the last spot, the fourth spot is a fucking, oh, it's a nightmare. It's just, it's hard. And so I did so well, though, in the first show in Hollywood that I think I caught Vince a bit off guard maybe I don't know like 
But he was like, he pulls me aside because our second city was San Diego. And he's like, he's like, hey, I'm thinking about, what, what, what do you think about closing every show? And I'm like, uh, I, you know, and I just, I realized, I knew how hard that was going to be. And I was afraid to. I was like, at the time, I didn't have, you know, as much hair on my chest. I wasn't as fat as I am now <laughs> and confident. I've gotten more fat and confident over the years. But uh, I, um, uh, yeah, I, I was just like, uh, I, I don't know. That's, that's going to be tough to do every single night on this tour. I don't, I don't know. I think it's better that we just kind of rotate. And we basically did. It was just basically, it was like, you know, usually a med would go first other than, you know, maybe four or five shows. And then, you know, me, Sebastian and Brett would usually rotate the other three spots. And, you know, it was, uh, it was a grind. It was, you know, it was, it was, it was tough. But, I mean, as far as just be doing comedy does, I mean, there are jobs that are harder. Right. But, uh, but I remember we, we would get into every city and people are always shocked to know that we, you know, we had one hotel room for the four comics. Like, <laughs> Every, every city, like except for you guys, Vegas. really had no time alone. It was like working for Walmart. It was like we're <laughs> like we are going to scale everything down as much as possible because the cost, cost, cost. And it's like, all right, great, fine, I guess. And I, so, you know, I I remember we had this, you know, me and me and Brett had this whole blow up over him eating my fucking Subway sandwich that they caught on <laughs> camera. That they put in the original cut of the movie because I was pissed because they I I mean we started off the tour going through the Southwest, uh you know, and so every catering, every catering service we got for the shows was all either Mexican or barbecue or Tex-Mex. <laughs> It was just, it was like, I might as well light a fucking firecracker and throw it down my throat. Cause that's what I'm just, so it was just diarrhea constantly every day for me. So I'm like, can you, can you just get me a BMT every day? Like I, the, I, the runner who went out every day, I'm like, he just picked me up a BMT, a foot long and I'll eat half of it before the show and half of it after. And that'll be what I eat. Um, and I was doing that for a while, except one night, Brett just ate my sandwich, and <laughs> I fucking, I lost it on it. I'm like, I, I, so, so there's this, so there's half of a Subway sandwich sitting in that refrigerator. I mean, there's no other food in that fridge. There's one half of a Subway footlong, and you, you just think, oh, whoever, whoever it is, whoever's it is, probably won't mind if I eat the whole fucking thing. I mean, don't bother to ask who is it. Maybe I put my dick in it. Maybe you just don't want to eat it. Maybe it's like, I mean, why would you just, why would you just inhale my fucking sandwich? Fucking Brett. We're, we're still good friends. But I, um, it, it, it was just, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, uh, much fun for me. I mean, other than, yeah, we would, it was the last time I ever went clubbing. Like, we would go out ever after every show, like, because every show would have an after-party location. So it was basically, like, every show would have a spot where, you know, we were going that, you know, that, like, all the girls who came to the show knew we were going. Yeah. So it was like, oh, good, a bunch of girls who saw me do comedy 
actually are going to be at this point. So it's not going to be quite as awkward as it normally would be. I mean, I still <laughs> never got laid, but <laughs> that was mainly my my doing, <laughs> not so much, you know, theirs. Didn't you go to a bar one night with Justin Timberlake and Cameron Diaz and... Yeah, I didn't even talk to any girls that night. <laughs> I remember we were I wouldn't Memphis. have either. Yeah, we were, uh, um, that was a show, it was a show in Memphis that, yeah, Justin Timberlake and Cameron Diaz showed up at the show, and I remember, uh, uh, you know, like, Justin was really, I mean, for the brief time I talked to him, was really just a really nice, really cool guy, really respected artist, so he, he understood like what we were trying to do, and... Cameron Diaz, the same thing. She was just, she just seemed really cool. And uh, Justin Timberlake's mom was there because she obviously lives in Memphis. So it was like the three of them came to the show. Then we all went out to this bar afterwards and we were sitting up in this place. I just remember like Vince getting mad at me because I, uh, um, like, I, I think we were all like, because me and Brett were cu cutting up constantly on that tour. Like we were just a couple of kids the whole time, so, you know, it was always, like, you know, I mean, punching each other in the face, like, he did that to me, I was on, I was doing an on-camera interview for something, oh, it was when we went to that fucking refugee camp, where I was doing an on-camera interview with some news, uh, you know, it was a news station in that town, and I remember, I, I'm like, you know, we, we just want to come out and give out some free tickets to, you know, uh, you know, whatever, be a ray of sunshine on an otherwise gloomy day, whatever I said to the camera, and then I say what I say to the camera, and then it just, this fist just comes in, and just wraps me in the fucking cheek, and I'd love to see if the guy still has the film, some, or the tape, but, uh, just punches me in the face, like a fucking gorilla, and, uh, we were just, yeah, we just acted like jackasses, and, 13-year-old uh, boys at camp? And see, and, and, and that's, I also want to address that issue where we were there were two cities that we had to cancel we had to cancel new orleans and baton rouge we had to move them that was during katrina right yeah it was right after katrina and hurricane rita came after oh, okay. that and we were um you know like we were going through uh we couldn't go to beaumont texas i remember we were supposed to go there after dallas and it was supposed to be friday in Dallas, Saturday in Beaumont, Texas, and they ended up, we couldn't go to Beaumont, so, because of the hurricane, so instead of giving us Saturday, you know, a day to just take a breather, we did a matinee show at the same venue in Dallas, I mean, this, it was literally like, the the yo-yo people on the simpsons where it was like get back in the van you're fucking <laughs> you're doing it's just really i mean this is just really heartless you know shit and uh i um I, but i remember we we got to it was samford college samford university or samford college one of those uh, the uh we were supposed to be clean that night that was the one in the movie that like you know where they're like worried that I'm not going to be able to keep it clean mm -hmm. at that show. And that was also the one where I woke up that day at two, you know, uh, on the bus. And I remember that that day it was a Tuesday and that was the day NBA live was coming out for PlayStation. 
So I'm like, I, I got to go to Best Buy and get the new NBA Live. That's all I'm thinking I'm going to wake up and do before I go do the show. And a couple days before that, because it was so, like I said, the shows were so haphazardly put together. We had a lot of undersold venues. They weren't all sold out because they didn't have the time to promote it. So they, I remember I get up that day and they're like, uh, they they had passed out a bunch of flyers a few days before. Like, I remember the camera guys being pissed off because they're like, that's not my job, but I'm <laughs> out here fucking basically promoting the show on campus because I'm working for Vince and that they're just making me do that. And it's not really what I want to do. So two days later, we're in whatever is Birmingham where Sam, Sanford is, I think. But we're, I get up that day planning on going to Best Buy to go get NBA Live. And I get told on camera, like, like Cap, what's going on? What's up to, hey, what are you doing? Are uh, you ready to go give out some tickets? And I'm like, give out some tickets? What are you talking about? I'm like, no <laughs> and i'm like because yeah, i'm thinking of the the thing a few days before where they you know were out papering a campus because i'm like look you're, you're not paying me well enough to do comedy at this point <laughs> so fuck you if your show is undersold that's your fault is it right. ain't on me so i didn't exactly understand what they meant or where we were going with this, you know, with the passing out free tickets. So they're like, do you want to go pass out? You're going to go pass out some tickets. I'm like, no, I'm not. They're like, Where are you, what are you going to do today? I'm like, going to Best Buy. And of course, you see that on the movie. So I look like a fucking spoiled brat because I don't, you know, I don't realize that we're going to a refugee camp for people who have been displaced because of Hurricane Katrina. And they had literally set up their own town at a park, you know, because everything they owned and everything where they lived was gone from the the, the hurricane. So it's like, these people are in a bad state. And I, I remember not really, I didn't really understand at the time why I didn't, I just wasn't comfortable doing what we were doing. Because I remember Ahmed, of course, was was the guy who was, knocking on every door at that refugee camp, you know, going up to every everybody there saying, would you like some tickets to a, would you like some tickets to a, uh, to a comedy show tonight? Would you, uh, wanna, <laughs> after wanna, they wanna... just lost their house yeah, and everything, it, haven't had a shower. And that's what I, it, I realized years later, I'm like, I would never want to be bothered in that scenario. Right. So, why so i i wouldn't want to bother anybody else i just i didn't want to you know i figured they're in a point where they're at an all-time low in their life so a bunch of comics who they've never heard of you know you know one guy who was a who was a, a, a you know a, a bit part in wedding crashers was with us and that was the most famous guy there so we're just a bunch of random comedians with cameras around us knocking on their doors of these trailers that they have set up in a park. And I, I just, it, it was You're just not bringing very, food or anything. You're just bringing tickets. Yeah. And I'm not an invasive guy and I'm not a hair stroker and I'm not a fucking, you know, I just don't, 
I don't, I just don't like that, you know, doing that. I don't like invading people's privacy. I don't like bothering them. And I don't think giving away tickets to our comedy show is really that big of a deal to any of them. Now, some of them, sure, I think it was, it did end up being, you know, it ended up being something that made them laugh and it, it was, it was a good, it was a good thing for them. But at the time, I just felt like, man, this is just kind of rude and self-aggrandizing and, 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 and invasive. And the thing I really resented about the movie is, yeah, they show me being a grouch when I wake up saying I ain't going to pass out tickets and I'm going to Best Buy. Nobody seems to note the fact that missing at the whole refugee camp scene was one Vince Vaughn. <laughs> there was no Vince Vaughn at the refugee camp. Why wasn't he there? Oh, did we not have room in the car for him? No, it's because he, he, he was in bed. He was in fucking bed. He was like Krusty the Clown by the end of that thing. He's waking up at fucking six in the, six in the evening. And I know, because, and I mean, I wake up at six in the evening myself sometimes. But I'm just saying, they don't have any room to fucking make me look like the bastard because I wanted to go buy a video game instead of go pass out tickets for some shit that I didn't even know. I just didn't even know what the plan was, why we were doing it. I wasn't comfortable with it. And fucking Vince gets to bail on the whole thing. Nobody says shit. Nobody fucking makes... Nobody Nobody went to interview him in bed <laughs> back in the captain's quarters of the fucking bus that day. No, nobody, nobody says shit to him. So we did... I remember we did that show. And I remember I got through that show without cussing or say... I mean, I got, I got into my one bit about... It was dog genitals of some... Because of course it is. <laughs> if your I mean, dog's dick's bigger than mine, I think it was. It, it was yeah. It was something along those lines. It was one of those. He's jokes. He's got to wear pants. Yeah, I I can't remember which joke it was, but it was like I started into to the bit and didn't realize. I I, I basically it was like coming to a dead end in a road where you're like, oh, <laughs> I just realized the rest of that bit is just. Uh, it's it's not doable in this <laughs> circumstance. Like, there's no way I can do that bit and not, I, I, you know, get us all sent to hell or whatever you guys think is going to happen. It's your your, your parochial university. I uh, <laughs> so I just, but it ended up being like a funny moment. Now, we also, and I was barred from talking about it back when we were doing the promo because I remember I got. I, yeah, I got pulled to the side when we were doing the first interviews to promote the movie. Um, you know, I brought up the fact that, like, there were there were two times when we had to clean up our language. And the second time was when we went to Notre Dame. And Notre Dame is a Catholic school. And they had a contract that was like, I heard it was just, it was very, very specific. Not only were we, were we supposed to not do anything, no cuss words, nothing offensive as far as material in our act, but we were not to be seen uh, fraternizing with any female co-eds. Oh, like, we were supposed to, you know, basically be good boys, come in there, do our good boy sets, and get the fuck out. And that show... 
I didn't make it through without, because uh, <laughs> uh, I was, I remember being on stage, I was doing a 15 minute set, and I want to say I went second or third that night, and uh, I was, I was almost to the end, I was almost to the finish line in that set, and, and it was so unnecessary too, it was like a line that I, I didn't need at all to, to curse, but it was just, it's just how I usually said it. Right. It was like, it was a line about uh, um, uh, uh, black people. Uh, like I was doing the whole thing about who hijacks the plane, you know, and like, you know, old people aren't going to hijack the plane. And just be, and I said, black people aren't going to hijack the plane. They're going to talk through the whole fucking movie, but they're <laughs> not going to hijack the plane. And I, and it was literally like Ralphie and Christmas story. It was like, <laughs> Oh Fudge. Like I was <laughs> as soon as it came out of my mouth, everything slowed down. And I'm like, oh no, I did but I didn't say fudge. I that's like, oh no. Oh no, my trenchant mouth has gotten me in trouble. And uh and, and the thing is is the student body, the two thousand it was two thousand, I remember that night. Two thousand students who were there at that show had no idea about this agreement as far as cleaning up our material, not saying any foul language, not doing this and that. So to them, I didn't slip up. Yeah. You know, it was just a joke to them. They laughed at that like they did at everything else. And so, but it, it got real weird for the last, like, two minutes of my set. I was like, uh, you know, because I'm just thinking about it. In the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, no, I said, fuck, <laughs> I said, fuck, I said, fuck, but I'm trying to do whatever my closing bits were. So I kind of, I kind of end my set, end a really, what would have been a great set with a fucking, basically with a fizzle because it, I fucked up. Because you had a bar of soap in your mouth now. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I, um, I said, thanks, you guys, can I, whatever, and I, uh. I remember there was a real long walk for for the Vince to come back out on stage to, you know, shake my hand and, you know, as I go off stage. And he's just, he's 6'5". He's just <laughs> looking down at me with this fucking contempt. Like, I'm just a, like, I'm just, a, I, I'm, I'm just a poor excuse for humanity. And I'm like, I'm like, and I'm looking at him. And at the time, it was like, I still, you know. I'm so used to everybody kissing his ass. It's like, you know, you get this sort of like, well, I want to be his friend too. So I didn't want to upset him. You know, yeah. I wanted him to, to like me, you know? So I was like, oh, and I just remember looking at him. I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he's like, he's like, he just looks down at me with this shitty look. And he's just like, it's all right. Just go ahead. And, I, and it was like, he took it personally because, his first major movie role was Rudy, and it was it, it. So he he acted like he fucking went to Notre Dame or something, <laughs> and so it was like a big personal thing for him. So he didn't say shit to me other than you know look down at me, you know, coming off stage. So I come off stage and I go in the back, and his fucking sister is back there, and she just looks at me and says. You know, they don't have to pay us now. And I was like, uh, oh, God, sorry. <laughs> and she's like, $60,000. She was like, I was like, okay, what? I'm, 
I get it. I mean, what's half that? Fucking 16? I mean, it's, uh, I, I mean, fuck you, lady. I don't, I don't get a cut of your ticket sales. So I was just so like, you know, and, and mind you, this is after Cleveland, I think. Yeah. Cause this would have been South Bend, Indiana would have been after we did Cleveland. And Cleveland was its own fucking, I mean, it was the prime example of why. I have so much hatred for this, that project and Vince and his sister is, you know, we did that show in Cleveland. I had to close every show in Ohio because Vince felt like every guy should close his hometown except for Ahmed, I guess, because we weren't going to Egypt. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Sebastian closed Chicago. Brett closed uh, Atlanta, which is the closest we got to Florida. And then uh, I had to close Cincinnati, Columbus, and Cleveland. And it was a nightmare because it's nerve-wracking. Family, friends are there seeing me for the first time. And the shows were tough. But I get to the end of that Cleveland show. And that day, me and Ari, who had been a... who was Ari Sandell, who was the director of the movie, had go, had driven out to Lorraine to my sister's house. And we shot you know, all day interviews with my family. They People signed... have asked me, like, was that really his sister's house? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that was Jack, you know, I mean. It was really your family, really at your sister's house. Yeah. And we signed, we signed all the, they signed all their waivers to be in their movie and everything. And, and they did it all for free. Exactly. So we, I remember we get done that night and my, so it would have been Gene, my dad, Missy, Matt, and my Aunt Julie wanted T-shirts. Right. Five T-shirts. And I said, hey, I guys, I just, before I forget, I need to get uh, some T-shirts for my family. And they're like, yeah, they're, we, we give you guys half price. On T-shirts? T-shirts. I mean, I. What? So. I, I, what? I, I was like, I can't. Did you, I, I was like, did, what did you just say? I, I was like, you, you're charging me for t-shirts with my fucking name on them? To, that, that I've been signing across the country this entire thing. I, I mean, After got my name After your family spent and all day my, filming. My family this. was in your movie for fucking free, you pricks. And it's like, they just, they're like, you get half price. So it's like I I had they needed that fifty bucks so bad that I I mean I had to fork it over. I mean to make the t shirt was probably six dollars. So my family so Right, right. They actually so made money off if, of it if still. That, if that. I mean, I mean these t shirts. I mean, they were they were nicer t shirts, but they still I don't think it cost six bucks to make a pair of Air Jordans, so I doubt it may, it costs six bucks to make those shirts. It and, costs about six bucks to make your cap shirts. Hmm. That's where I got the number. But uh, well, all right. So, but still, yeah. I I just I was so yeah. I was just so ridiculously livid about that. And I remember I was I was cussing a lot. And I remember I get checked by a med about 
calling Vince's sister a cunt and stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, I never call it. I never do that. You never heard me do I mean, you know. But, no. I mean, that night, I meant that shit, and I still do. But I, um, but I paid it off, because I, I, like, still got to get along with these people. And then they have the nerve, a couple nights later, to come and check me, because I, because the word fuck fell out of my face once, when it usually does, what, 50 or 60, you know, 15 minutes, but... I said, I said fuck once, and I get checked about they're not going to get their gate receipts paid or something because we're in breach of contract at Notre Dame, and it's like, I have no investment in that. I'm not, so I, I, I just, you know, we get to the end of the night, and they're like, oh no, everything's fine, and I, I mean, I literally was, you know, gonna have a heart attack that night because i felt oh, like i can imagine I, you i was scenario. yeah i'm the goat i'm the fucking guy who lost the game for us and i, uh, felt I thought like, goat meant greatest of all time well you can be both the goat you, you the goat is you can be one of the, the best and the worst the dog i don't know the goat is the, <laughs> I, i'm just i'm the guy no i think the goat is actually a term used in both g-o-a-t is greatest of all time but g-o uh, the goat is also used as a you know, the guy we blame for yeah. the loss, too. Don't get me sidetracked. Okay, sorry. All right, so... <laughs> now, one point that I forgot to mention earlier, and I, I, I figured I would forget a lot of them, like, and have to backtrack, but when, we, when I first heard that $8,000 figure, and I told him, Ed, I was like, dude, that's ridiculous. That's not, it's just not half a 30. That's fucked up. I remember I get, hey, 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 shh, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, 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 but, but see, here's the thing. We're, we're going to get, we're going to get cut in on the back end though. Oh, on this, sure. Uh, on whatever th this, this ends up being. He just told me whatever I needed to hear. Right. To get me where he needed to get me, which was on that bus. So my managers are like, there's, there's nowhere in this contract that is, you, you get nothing from this. Like, I mean, nothing. I mean, I even thought for a while that I would get paid when it showed on cable or something. Like when they started putting on HBO, Showtime, whatever. No, I mean, I, I got eight grand and some per diem and minus 50 bucks for t-shirts. And, <laughs> and it's like. Uh, and the thing was, is like, I, I remember being really, I, I was really, you know, bothered by the whole thing because we, I remember we, uh, we finished the tour in October of 05. I remember, I, I remember the, the website changed real quick because I refused to go do another show that wasn't going to be filmed or anything it was just Vince wanted all of us to go because he's a big country music fan because he's a fucking he's a he's just a fucking white guy I'll just say that um you can draw your own conclusions but uh he, he you know he's a big country music fan, and we went to this place called the Crystal Palace in Bakersfield, and it's a big country music landmark, and we all had to go on this boring tour of the place, like, you know, this is where 
Emily, <laughs> Emily Patty went to fuck. You know, she she sang her famous like, and we're all like, I don't. I listen to rap. What? <laughs> fuck you. I don't care. Why? Why do we have to feign interest here? But because I didn't want to go back and do a show at the Crystal Palace for free on New Year's Eve. I mean, for free. Is uh, I found this out later. Sebastian told me, he was like, yeah, we didn't even get paid for that show. Like, I was just supposed to go do... And I was, I was the pain in the ass. I was the guy who was, you know, I, I wouldn't play ball with... With them wanting to, you know, Vince, whatever Vince wanted, I was just supposed to drop everything and do it because, hey, I don't have a career without him. And he, I was just supposed to do whatever he said because he said it. And it was like, I was the only one out of the four of us because Ahmed was his, you know, was his buddy, you know, and, and Brett and Sebastian were just, I guess, in a position in their life when they just, they felt like they needed to agree with this shit even though they talked to me in private and said i know that this is all you know this isn't fair and it's all bullshit and and whatever you know i know uh, I, I mean we've i mean they know they see my point on all of this whether they you know agree with it or or act on it themselves they they do see it but they played along with him and look at where it's gotten them i mean it's not like i mean at the time, I was still supposed to... I was the only one... They haven't been in a Vince Vaughn movie exactly, since. Exactly. I was the only one dragging us all down with, you know, because I insisted on keeping my development deal with Brian, you know, that we sold a show to NBC that ended up not going. You know, it was another just TV development nightmare. But, you know, it was because I didn't want to just drop everything and say, oh, yeah, I'm just do what you want to do, Vince. Or, you know, because I didn't I didn't want to just go do whatever show he said, you know, he, he wanted to do extra besides it. Because I, I was like, I've already committed to going to the comedy store. I've I worked so long to get to the point where I was going to be on New Year's Eve at the comedy store. I used to be a doorman fucking hoping I'd sell tips for booths <laughs> at that at that New Year's show. And I was like, I'll be goddamn if I'm not going to fucking cash in my time. Because I'm like, I'm at peak years for getting invited to this show. So I'm like, I'm doing the comedy store on New Year's. I'm not going to fucking Bakersfield. No offense, Bakersfield. <laughs> I just, I'm like, I'm not going to Bakersfield to do fucking... Uh, Nobody's ever said Bakersfield without saying fucking Bakersfield. Exactly, people in Bakersfield. Yeah, when it gets really hot in summer, I think they're probably, yeah, a lot of fucking Bakersfield is happening. But, uh, I, so, we, uh, I, you know, I, I, what was it? September of the following year is when the, uh, you know, and other things happen in between, just, you know, little whatever conversations with Vince this and that you know because I was trying to for some reason still stay on his good side but he uh they got the they edited the movie and got it into the Toronto Film Festival the following September so we all get invited to 
Toronto, and I remember they, they had a longer cut of the movie. And I remember we all watched it together at a screening room over on some lot. And Jennifer Aniston was the only person who was like a non-participant in the movie. She was the only person who laughed <laughs> the whole time. We all just sat there in silence watching this movie. And I remember we get done with the screening and, you know, Vince gives us all like one last pep talk as far as, you know, like a coach, like we're going off to fucking state and, you know, and then I just bailed. I didn't even say anything to him because I was just, I just remember I, I was, I didn't like the way the the movie got, I didn't like the way it got put together and I thought that, you know, that it was deliberately, like, like, they had to keep me in the movie in order to, for the entertainment value of it, because, I mean, I was, you know, I was a, a funny comic, and this was a comedy movie. If you look up, like, if you research this movie at all, everybody's like, it was horrible except for Cap. Like, And, and I, you know, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want to, you know, bag on anybody uh, except the med. And, I'm just uh, stating facts. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the thing is, is, like, I remember watching that. I remember they, they showed our show in Nashville. And they showed Sebastian getting the standing ovation. And it was such a big deal for him. And, you know, everybody was so proud of him. They you know, had this big scene in the movie about it. And, I, you know, and that's great for him. He went third that night. It was like, or, or second or third, but it was, he went in one of the sweet spots. I closed that bitch that night. <laughs> fucking Ryman Auditorium. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't standing O time. But I, I can tell you, I got eight or nine standing ovations in that, on that tour. I mean, I, I did. I just, I had really, I just had some really so wait, they knockout sh- fucking sets. You got a bunch of standing O's, but someone else got one, and they decided to show the one over right. your and, and I remember the them. camera guys, all the camera guys telling me, like, when we would go, like, off on our own, it'd be like, man, we go out and we interview the crowd right after the show, and they said, like, they, they say, like, you know, I mean, pretty much everybody would, would just say that the guy in the hat was their favorite. You know, yeah. and then uh, you know, a few of them would pick one of the other guys. Uh, I'm Brad or Sebastian, but I mean, they, uh, <laughs> you know, they, and there was, you know, and I'm not trying, I hate to try to be, I don't want to be arrogant. I don't want to fucking toot my own horn because it's not who I am. I'm just saying, it's like you, you basically turn over the power to portray this, you know, not only time in your life, but this material and all this stuff, this work, this art that you've been working on for so long, you turn it over to basically to 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 scumbags, to people that you don't necessarily, you shouldn't trust. And they can do whatever they want with it. Because the thing is, is I felt like when I saw the first cut of the movie that I was like, I felt like he deliberately, because of, me not getting along with him well, he deliberately tried to downplay what I did. Even though I'm in it, because I remember them telling me afterwards at the comedy store, they're like, Cap, Cap, what happened to Ahmed's like, hey, 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 sweetie, come here. <laughs> here, let me give you a little kiss. 
And he's just like, hey, hey, you, uh, he's like, why'd you take off so fast? He's, you know, you know, you have more screen time than, than any other person in the movie, even Vince. And I'm like, I, it, it's fine, but still, I know that, you know, I, I was made to look like a jerk over the fucking refugee camp thing. I know that I was made to look like a whiny kid at the fucking Orange County thing when I thought the guy said, fuck you and not fuck yeah. And I I just, I I had that feeling all along. And then I got it confirmed, you know, from the inside later. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, from... From the director, he's also he's also won an Oscar for short film, so he's trustworthy. <laughs> but uh, no, he's he was he's a good friend of mine. I've just kind of moved on from everything that had to do with that movie. But you know, Ari was a really good guy, and we you know we'd have lunch occasionally and stuff. And he told me he's like, I mean, I mean verbatim from the fucking big man's mouth. You know, I'm gonna, uh, you know, I'm gonna show that kid. You know what? What? Yeah. What? What respect is about, or something like. I'm going to show that kid what happens when, you know, basically I you don't, don't play kiss nicely. His ring. Yeah, and I, because I remember right right after the 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 tour, the if you went to the Wild West, you know, the the website for that show, it immediately became Ahmed, Sebastian, Brett, and Steve Byrne. Oh, they were able to change the website then. They, they changed it quick. Yeah, they changed it real quick. And I was like, what the fuck? And they're like, oh, it's just because Burns, you know, going to take your place in Bakersfield. And I'm like, okay, I guess. You know, and I was hurt by that because at the time, you know, I'm like. You just you know, put in all the legwork. Yeah, I still Googled my name and stuff. It, it, yeah, I mean, I, I worked my ass off on that tour. I, I did, you know, say what you want about me getting along with Vince and his fucking bullshit. I still brought it every fucking night and I still, I still did every bit of what I was supposed to do to make your movie as good as it could be. And, you know, I, I really, I mean, you think eight grand and, and, and a fuck you is, is what I deserve now. And so I remember right before, uh, what was it? Right before. Toronto, I think, we had to go shoot some extra stuff, so they wanted me to come do a show in Vegas. I remember I got a standing O in that one. It was at the Mamma Mia Theater. I drilled it, because that's when I I impressed that girl. The girl I was, I thought I was seeing um, (laughs) at the time, I brought her with me to that show, and I mean, I remember I was fucking, I just felt like I was like lights out in front of her, like it was like, yeah, see? See what you see what you've been denying. <laughs> like, look how funny I am, lady. And uh, still, didn't, didn't get your dick wet. Didn't crack. Yeah, we slept in the same bed that night. Didn't knew. Didn't even. <laughs> she wouldn't even let me touch her. But um, ew. The uh, it, that's another story. But uh, I just what really bothered me too was they when they did the final cut of the movie, which didn't actually come out until February of 2008 because of all Vince's, like, he had... It originally got bought by the Weinstein Company, which is pretty fucking big. Right. Weinstein Company bought it, and he had this whole vendetta against Harvey Weinstein because Harvey Weinstein, 
he said, went with Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck and left him and John Favreau like on the curb after sp- after swingers or whatever. So it was like his it was like his vengeance tour on on Harvey Weinstein. But then they couldn't come to an agreement as far as I don't know promotions or whatever release date with the Weinstein company. So they ended up buying the movie back from the Weinstein company and then selling it to fucking Roadhouse or whoever put it out. And so as a comic, you're, you're, you're always like, you know, if somebody sees what I did a year ago or a week ago or something like that, I always feel like, ah, God, I'm not, I'm much better than I was then. This is a movie that is showing me doing standup two and a half years before that. Oh, jeez. And that, that sucked. Yeah. And I was really, I was mad, but I really, really hated the fact that at the end of this movie, they took the liberty to put this, you know, they put all these like, you know, little catch-up blurbs about us at the end of the movie. It said, you know, you know, Ahmed is doing this, you know, Sebastian's doing this, he's stopped waiting tables, and, you know, Brett's doing this, and it's like, and John Caparulo continues to tour and do comedy around the country, and he now has a girlfriend. Like, it made me look like such a loser and such a... <laughs> and the girl fucking broke up with me. Like, I wasn't seeing her anymore. So it was like, it just, it was, it was horribly personally invasive and, and just, they could... You didn't I mean, get the right to do to is that. give me a call and say, are you dating that girl? Is that your girl? Whatever. Right. What do you want us to say about you? And they never, they never even asked. They just put that shit on there. And I remember them wanting me to still go, you know, and do uh, the the promo shit for the movie. And I'm like, oh man, I, I really am starting to hate you guys. And I, uh, I remember we did a few, you know, press junkets. And then I had to go on a press tour across the country, which is kind of like what they wanted Monique to do, except, you know, within the States. And I did three cities one week by myself. I think it was just, you know, I just basically would go to that city. The movie would screen in front of some college kids. I'd take questions and answers after the movie screening. And then I, I, you know, the next morning I go do some radio or whatever. And, you know, it's just, press torch hit and I was by myself the first week the second week I uh am paired up with the med and I mean it just it really just was I, I could I noticed when we were we were doing like radio and tv interviews like dude was like I mean like I would say something in one interview like a funny comment or a story or something like that and then he would he would just go ahead and borrow that for the next interview and i was like stealing your lines yeah like just just right in front of me directly like and i mean he you know he's he's just yeah i don't want to go on too much about him but he I was getting really frustrated. I got so frustrated to the point where I called both Brett and Sebastian who were in another city because 
they knew from experience, you know, about dealing with him and him doing this, you know, whether it was something we said in conversation on the bus or, you know, something we did, you know, he would just kind of help himself to whatever he heard <laughs> and just, you know, would just do, just do a shitty version of it, you know, <laughs> himself. And I, I just like, I, I got, I, my last draw, I remember we were at, uh, what is it, in Colorado, I think. We screened the movie, and we were doing Q&A, and we had done a couple of those already together, where they would, inevitably, somebody would always ask, is there something that got left out of the movie that you wish was still in it? So, I would always take that opportunity to tell the story about my sandwich. Yeah. And, you know, precious sandwich, <laughs> right? But I had my, you know, I had my lines and my, you know, the way I, the way I tell the story, like Ahmed was there when I did this, you know, when I freaked out on Brett, he was in fact on the bus, but his interpretation of that and my interpretation <laughs> of that are supposed to be different. That's what that therein lies art. And I would tell, you know, I have my lines about, you know, I might as well eat lit firecrackers and I might, you know, uh, you, you know, my stomach and this uh, and then Brett just takes it out of, the, you know, whatever I said. So I remember that night in Colorado, somebody asked that same question, you know, you wish somebody, something would be left in the movie that wasn't. And I started to go, well, there was this one time on the bus, and Ahmed just cuts me off and goes, wait, 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 uh, let, let me take it this time. And I went, okay, go ahead. <laughs> and I just kind of was like, what are you doing? with?" And so he starts telling the same story, but he starts telling it the same way. Like, the jokes are my jokes, you know, talking about my stomach. And the fucking firecracker and the fucking, you know. Yeah. It's like you, you, you're supposed to know that by now, this far along in the comedy business, what is stealing material and what isn't. Like, right. It's like he just, you know, and after we had a little blow up about it, it was like he just, his defense to it was like, I was there too on that bus. When you, <laughs> it's like, yes. You were there too. So what? I mean, we're. I was. I was awake last Tuesday. It doesn't mean that my interpretation of it is the same as yours, dumb fuck. I. I was just so pissed, and I. I just. I was like I said. I called both Brett and Sebastian. They're like, hey, you know, if you really can't take it, you should talk to him about it. But if you can just you know, let it slide, then I just let it slide. And I was like, all right, I hear you. And then, uh, you know, because they were right. It was like, I'm not going to have to tour with him again or anything. It's not like it's going to matter. So, you know, but it's all boiling over because I really don't like Vince. And I really don't like being out here on the road for free, promoting his movie that he's going to get paid for, that... I don't get shit except, hey, my face is on a movie screen. 
you know, in front of very small audiences who go to see <laughs> documentaries in a theater. And I remember I get in the, the, the SUV that we were getting driven to radio that morning. And I remember Vince, or Ahmed says, first thing he says, he's like, he's like, hey, Cap, did you, uh, did you see Letterman last night? I'm like, no. He's like, He's like, uh, he's like, oh man, it was great. Vince was on there promoting the the movie. It was really good. He, uh, he, he, you know, he named us all. He gave us all a shout out. Uh, and you know, he, uh, he, he used your, one of your jokes even too. Like he was saying that like, like it was a compliment? I should be happy about that. Like, oh good. Vince used one of my jokes and it's, you know, no, no, we're like rappers without guns, I guess. Like, <laughs> it's like you don't do that shit. Like, he used, Vince used to help himself to my line about FedEx. Like, basically, it was like I said that I used to fall asleep on the bus and wake up in a new city every day. And it was like being FedExed to that town. Yeah. And it was a pretty funny line, you know, That's to funny. use in interviews. Thank you, dear. And <laughs> I, and I just, he's like, he said, what was your line about uh, FedEx or something? And I'm like, yeah, like being FedExed. To, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He used that one. And he used another one too. Like, and he did, yeah, he did. He used, uh, I forget what it was, but he used one of my ones from on stage. Without giving you credit for it, just took it as his own. Yeah, just, just, I mean, I, I the second one he might have given me credit for, like, as John Caparulo says, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, dude, I, I don't, these are my things. Do not, just say your own shit. Don't take my shit. And you should know that. If you understand the comedy world, the stand-up comedy business, from anybody except a med... <laughs> who's your friend, then you should know that that's fucking off limits. And It's not like a movie with a movie line. He didn't write right, it. It right. wasn't it's not, something out there that you can just repeat. Yeah, it ain't yours, dog. It ain't it ain't it ain't the material that you think you own for a year or whatever that you bought the for 8 grand in a contract. No, cuz so I he uh and then I remember the worst it was like there was an entertainment weekly article. Because I remember we were we were supposed to we were getting more interviews that we had to go to as a group, you know, about the movie, and at at, at one point, like we had done a few interviews, and Ahmed had a tendency to just trail on and on with his stories that didn't really they just weren't that they weren't funny unless he took mine, I guess. <laughs> I mean, and Brett has a tendency to get on a soapbox sometimes with uh, just you know, with his political views and shit. So they decided that they were going to hire people to do what's called media training. It, it Basically teaching us how to do, like, radio and shit that I do every right. where I go. Be funny, not on stage. Like, be engaging and entertaining in a, in a, in a capacity or in a medium that isn't stand-up comedy. Which, as a comedian, you should just be able to do. You should be able to do it naturally, or you should get another fucking job. Right. And I... I I was so 
offended that they even wanted me to do that. I was like, oh, God, how the fuck am I going to skip that? It was like jury duty. I was like, <laughs> how the fuck am I getting out of this? And I, it was like, a, it was such a, it was such a savior. They called, they called from the Tonight Show and they're like, they're like, Cap, can you be ready to do your set tomorrow? Because I was in line to do another set coming up. They're like, can you do, can you, we're going to bump you up to tomorrow night, the show. You just fit with the show, basically, perfectly. And I'm like, fuck yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'm ready. Let's go. And they're, they're like, all right, we're going to come out and see your set tonight at the comedy store or whatever, just to make sure everything's okay. But you'll be on tomorrow. You know, and you've recorded the Tonight Show at like 2 in the afternoon, 2.30. So I called Vince's sister, the C-word. I didn't call her that, but I to her <laughs> directly. But, you know, I, I mean, she, I called her and said, hey, so I'm not going to be able to make it to media training tomorrow. I, I'm going to be on the Tonight oh. Show. <laughs> this should be a good thing do you, because it's like, right. I'm going to be able to promote the movie. And she's like, well, you can't do that. What? <laughs> I'm like, you, did, what did you just say? Like, would you just, first of all, it's the Tonight Show, dumbass. And second of all, you don't tell me what I can and can't do. I'm not an employee of yours. That eight grand does, isn't still a, in effect two years later. I mean, fuck you, bitch. I'm not fucking, <laughs> I'm not, hey, I'm doing the Tonight Show. You can suck my balls. And I even got ganged up on the phone. Vince and Peter, Ralphie, Christmas yeah. Stewart, they both call me, double team me on the phone about, you know, it's really, you should really do this, you know. This media training. Media training. What? Really come in, we just really like for you to do it and stuff. And, you know, at the time I wasn't, yeah, I look back, it's like I'm still a kid. Because I, I, it, it, now if they had called me with some shit like that, I'd be like, I, I, I just, I could stand my ground a lot better. I'm just, I'm just fatter. But, um, <laughs> I, uh, I just said, I, uh, guys, I'll, I'll see what I can do about maybe coming for the first half of it, uh, tomorrow. But I, I was like, I'm not coming. I was like, fuck that. And I, of course, didn't go to media training, uh, you know, I got asked by Jay when I got to sit down on The Tonight Show about the movie. But the thing is, is I didn't want to repeat anything that I'd said on the previous appearance that I was... Because he asked me about it on the previous appearance that I was on The Tonight Show. So, I didn't want to repeat anything. So, I'm like, ah, well, yeah, I, I just kind of... I kind of flubbed the, you know... Uh, the opportunity to promote the movie. I just kind of changed the subject and did something else. Yeah. That I was supposed to do anyway. But, you know, and then I got shit from Vince about, oh, man, you had you had the chance to, to you know, to promote the movie and you didn't. It's like, I, <laughs> I was supposed to be at media training. Who the <laughs> fuck do you care? And I, I just... And and again, I'm not an employee of theirs. I just they treated it like I was like I I'm supposed to you know to 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 do what they say. I'm supposed to just go, "Oh, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am." Uh, like uh, no, I'm not. And they just it, it was just really a uh 
you know, it, that whole experience has stuck with me. I, I got, I mean, the worst was I remember we, they, they got me to go clear out to somewhere. We went far away, like, to go do this interview with Entertainment Weekly. Like, we went, I remember it was a hike, like, to San Diego or some shit, but we had to go there to do the interview, and, you know, we're all just kind of putting a, uh, just a, you know, room together, we, we all got interviewed individually, together, all this shit, and I remember the uh, article for it came out the following month, none of our interviews were used nothing that we said was used in entertainment weekly but in large print is is i it's like being fedexed <laughs> to every town vince vaughn like it said <gasps> they quoted vince him Va vince vaughn like it's his that is his vinceism yeah and i was like you fucking I, I just the whole thing was I get pissed off when people tweet your lines that and don't give you quotes. I couldn't yeah. imagine seeing your line in Entertainment Weekly or anywhere else like that. Yeah, and it was just, it was a really, like, it was just a real, I felt like a, a, a an assault on the art of stand-up comedy and, and, and artists who basically were intimidated into thinking that they're supposed to just go along with whatever you say because you're the man and because you're the man we're supposed to all fucking bow down and say yes and go fuck yourself dude like i i mean if i have to be the only one it says it for brett and sebastian ahmed played along and he was his fucking smithers and i don't <laughs> give a shit i mean he probably got paid more than we did too I mean, I, I, you know, I didn't even think of that until years later. I'm like, you know what? He probably made more money even because, you know, he could tell us whatever he wants. I didn't see his checks. I mean, but they, you know, they, they, they fucked us just based on our desire to be comedians and our desire to, you know, to, to, to make names for ourselves and things like that. And it's like, so, so they just get to get over financially any way that they want. Feel like they can just bully us and 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 you know misinterpret. You know they can they can portray us in whatever light they want. They can portray me in a bad light because you know I don't get along with with Vince, even though I fucking did my job. So that whole thing has just always been it's just a sore spot and I really hate the fact that they just took the attitude that you you know you should you better do this because you've got nothing else because what you're you're desperate you your your career is gonna go nowhere if you don't bow down to to Mr. Vaughn and his evil sister. And I you know what? I might not be where you know as as far as I as I want to be career-wise, which I don't think I ever will be because I'll always have loftier goals than where I'm at. 
But, I, I mean, I'm getting to where I'm getting, despite, despite whatever favor I'm granted, okay? Because I was never granted a favor. I gave you just as much, if not more, actually I gave you a lot more than what you gave me. Yeah, he shared his spotlight a little bit, but I made his movie watchable. So... Fuck them. And I, and, and that's why, I, like, this whole thing with Monique, I related to, because I'm like, you know, this whole idea that you're just supposed to go along to get along and, and, you know, you know, the ability of one person who's, who's, you know, able to portray you in a bad light that might not be exactly correct or their ability to say, hey, look, look what she was offered. Wouldn't you do this for this amount of money? And they don't have a frame of reference for it or whatever. Like, I, you know, what, you know, when I was a college kid and somebody said, you know, will you go do a bus tour with Vince Vaughn for 8,000 bucks and and, and uh, you get to do comedy and be in a movie? Yeah, I probably would have, okay? But I learned to value myself more than that by then, and I definitely have by now. And, you know, you notice I'm conspicuously absent on the commentary for that movie. And, I mean, I just, you know, there was a while there where I thought, you know, Vince has now moved on with, he's got a family now, and I, I don't want to badmouth him because he has kids, but, but, I, nah, fuck him. I, I just, I think that, really, the way he, the way he conducted himself was fucking wrong. The way they fucking, um, tried to bully me and everybody else involved was wrong, and... Yeah, I just, I, I, I got, I, I don't want to sound too much like a rapper again, but I got no love for him, homie. I just got <laughs> no love for him. Fuck him. I mean, yeah, fuck him in the ear twice. I don't care. I mean, I literally, like, I, I just, I, I, I don't know if there's, there's anybody that I have more contempt for than, 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 than Vince and his sister. So. Half price for t-shirts, people. Half price. <laughs> At half price. Motherfuckers.